Welcome everybody to Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast, where we give powers to a name. My name is Dean McKnight, and we are here to create a superhero, uh, recommend some comics, have a good time, have a, just a, a jolly old laugh, because we're an entertainment podcast, apparently. As much as we're in the, the visual arts category on iTunes, I think we're more entertaining. I mean, we could be a comics podcast, we kind of, in a way, are, but we don't, well... We're one third of comics podcast, aren't we, Jade? Aren't we, Jade? Uh, <laughs> I thought we were going to go easy on on talk of comics related things, but uh, hey, guys, I'm still on a thought bubble high. <laughs> no, no, this we 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 are recording this a few days after we came back from a thought bubble, but it's uh, it's been weeks for the listeners. I know, but like that's the most comics related thing in my mind. Yeah, it's, it's 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 been weeks for them. Don't don't bring it up. We don't want to pester them. Anyway, we have some crazy fresh, new and out there uh, recommendations for you guys. Yep, yep. Be- totally not bought and fawned <laughs> over at Thought Bubble or anything. This is certainly not going to be fueling like the next two months at yeah, least <laughs> of uh, recommendations for the podcast. <laughs> it was it was a good haul. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. And with that, I think I'm going to go first, actually. Go on, then. How gracious of you. Step aside, (laughs) y'all. So I was uh, walking around this uh, comics convention that will remain nameless, but was very enjoyable and incredible. And so I was walking around this comics convention in Leeds, and I spotted out the corner of my eye some My Hero Academia stickers. And I was like, hello, someone with very good taste. And of course, people with good taste make incredible things. So... Eve G. Wood, you have incredible tastes. I've been reading your webcomic, Inhibit. Ooh. I've got that leaflet somewhere. <laughs> you, you should dig that out because it's uh, it's been a very enjoyable read for myself. To give you uh, a little bit of a, a throwdown, Inhibit is all about young young kid called uh, Victor Allen who lives in this uh, world where people gain superpowers, but they have to learn to control them. Now, originally, Victor was going to go to a superhero school to study with the best of the best and uh, learn how to use his powers practically. But uh, nine years later, he's, uh, ooh, let's say things took a little bit of a turn for the worse. And now he's living in a, a residency for teenagers who are learning to control their powers instead. They're all kept away from the outside world just because they're very dangerous. They have often very dangerous powers such as Victor himself, who has electrokinesis. So he's constantly blowing things up and he's constantly using them to, to bad effect, which unfortunately has led him to be a little bit of a letdown. He's ended up in isolation a fair few times. He's not really motivated. He's really hit those teen years hard. And he's just down in the dumps. Unlike his, uh, his residency friends, who I'm very fond of. One in particular... Uh, a young lady called Julia, who's got this massive, giant Days-esque red hair, and is very hyperactive and very, you know, she is right there on the cusp of things. And I think she's one of my favorite characters at the moment. But it's it's got this like almost a combination of Harry Potter and My Hero Academia, which is gonna immediately interest you guys. I know that for sure. Wait, you're gonna have to explain. You can't just throw the word Harry Potter out there and then not explain. Well, I say Harry Potter in that it's more about sort of that school slash residency life okay if so they're in like a boarding school or something yeah like a like a it's called a residency but it's like a a school and housing project uh combined okay that's what threw me off yeah so there's a little bit of um like school hijinks in the first chapter they're trying to eavesdrop in some very important conversations with um victor's mentor uh, a guy called nate who's been beside him trying to um, help him, especially in those early years. He was very proactive, but in, in the current place in the, in the comic, he's a little bit more ground down. He's had a, enough with uh, Victor and the whole spiel of him getting thrown uh, into isolation or just being in trouble and Nate being called in. And ugh, I can imagine it's a bit of a, a task. But yeah, it's it's got a real nice vibe. And um, Eve's art is... Just very expressive. I, I like a good set of expressive teenagers. Hopefully, you guys know this by now. And it's, it's sort of ticking those boxes with me. It's still only about four chapters long. It's quite 
quite early on, but it's got a lot of promise. And if you're into your kids and your your school vibes and your quirky cast of characters, I I definitely recommend it. Cool. Hmm. Uh, now who's going to go next? Uh, I know Jade's got quite a good one. I I I know this this week. Oh, okay. I thought you'd be disappointed in me because I'm I've brought porn to the table again. Oh no, not more porn. I'm really sorry. But also I'm not because holy moly, this is a very, very, very good comic. Mm-hmm. So what I've got for you this week is Yes Roya by C Spike Trotman and Emily I wanna say Denick, but it might be Denich. Uh so Spike Trotman wrote it and Emily drew the entire comic. She's yeah. so good at what she does. Um, so a little bit about the story is uh, we follow a cartoonist, so immediately I'm into it. <laughs> uh, but it's set in the 60s, so once again, ticking my boxes. We're ticking boxes here too. Yeah. <laughs> so this cartoonist is visiting the very lush house of his, uh, his hero, his idol, a very successful cartoonist who's going to review his portfolio for him. Mm-hmm. But what happens is he stumbles across a very naughty drawing in his mentor's studio, which he steals and takes home and furiously wanks over. The porn happened. Yeah, like two seconds in, the porn happens. It's very good. Um, and uh, basically this sets off a chain of events where this main character, you know, thinks they've they've fucked up, but the mentor kind of reveals a lot about their life to him instead because he realizes that they have the uh, same kink. Hmm. And I won't reveal what it is. You can probably guess from the title, maybe, and the cover, but it's so much better to just just read it. I beg you to read this. If you're a cartoonist, if you're into sort of open relationships and that sort of thing, it's very intense, but not in like... Normally with this particular um, type of romance comic, you'd expect things to get dark very quickly, but Mm. it never does. It's very full of kind of intense love, not intense hurt or anything like that. But yeah, there's there's a lot of naughty sex, a lot of kind of 60s aesthetic, um, Mm. but it's all very, very lovely and really funny, actually. Good. You gotta have some comedy with your pawn because, you know, (laughs) sex is a weird thing and weird stuff tends to happen, Mm -hmm. you know. All those, all those porno videos on the internet. Turns out they're fucking lying. And anyway, I, I'm, this isn't a sex education podcast by <laughs> no means, but we can recommend recommend you some real nice sexy comics. Yes. Yes, Roya. Now, yes, Josh. <laughs> yes, Josh. That is the name of our sex podcast, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Josh. <laughs> uh, it's just you by yourself talking about the sexy things in life. Yep. How's that doing? Uh, it's starting stages, you know. Uh, just just some practices. I'm just talking to myself at home mainly. <laughs> just uh, like something else. Hey. Shusha. Here's my recommendation. Please. <laughs> okay. Um, this was something I picked up at Thought Bubble. Spoilers. What? Huh? I mean, I thought that was a given. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I'd put out a disclaimer. But it's also something that I picked up at the last convention I visited. Which, once again, to put us firmly in a, like a time frame, was uh, the May MCM London Expo. That was ages oh. ago, though. That was ages ago. But still, you know, we've now set in some time frames. It's okay. Anyone listening to this from, like, you know, 2020 or whatever can, yeah. you know, they can really get a, a nice time capsule of what it was like yeah. in this time period for comics. Mm. So, what I've gone for this week is... Uh, Dungeon Crunch by Tom Oliver. Ooh, nice. This, this is a good one. This is a good one. Yes. This is very cool. I picked up, actually, I think it's his most recent mini. There are two current minis out for Dungeon Crunch. Uh, mm. Siren Soup is what I picked up in May. And I ran back to the table uh, this time for the yarn of Atalos. <laughs> um, basically, the series is all about a barbarian called Slam who is just crunching through dungeons, funnily enough. Funnily enough. Yeah. Each story is kind of has its like little roots in like Greek mythology. Little like pepperings of it, like little labyrinths, little love potions. Mm. Really interesting monster design on this one. Um, yeah, I, f- I found like the art is very modern manga slash one piece-ish. Mm. It's really expressive. The expressions yeah. are some of my favorite things because like when 
some characters look so like disgusted or like just <laughs> sneers. They're just so yeah, funny. Tom Tom does a good a good sneer. You 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 bang on there. A lot of good squash and stretch in the faces. Mm. Yes. That's exactly the uh term I was looking for, Jade. Thank you. The uh so yeah, it's a really funny comic. There's just the two of them out at the moment, but I'm really looking forward to a third one. Yeah, just your basic like dungeon of the week setup. Yeah. A quick a quick bish bash bosh. Yeah. I don't want to fall on my usual uh <laughs> Here comes. You, know, you know where it's going. Here it comes. It's just good. It's just <laughs> good. It's a wholesome dungeon crunching comic. Shall we just stop doing this whole kind of intro thing and just like bang it out in two minutes and just be like, what did you read? This. It was good. <laughs> well, I always feel so bad because you guys always go on for like a good solid few minutes. And it's just like, yeah, mm, this. It's, it's all good. It's all waffly though. <laughs> I mean, everyone out there, you just got to know. We have impeccable taste. We have yeah. the best taste. No, like, comics are good. There's so many good comics out there. You just have to sort of step out of your comfort zone a little bit, and you're going to find some incredible stuff. So, Inhibit, Yes, Roya, Dungeon Crunch, check those out. It's our picks of the week, and they're fueling what's to come. But first, reviews. Why don't you review us? If you leave us a review on iTunes, then... We will use your name that you leave on that review, and we will use it to create a brand new superhero on this very podcast. We will put your name through the machine. Out the other end, we will create a fully-fledged character from whatever the heck you give us. So, quick and easy, and you too can be a hero. Right, we're in this now. I like that Dean's started kind of yelling that bit rather than the welcome. <laughs> like, that's that's a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. easier to kind of you know, prepare yourself for. But the welcome was just like an assault straight away. <laughs> it's okay, you got the theme tune to ease you into it. Yes. Shall we make a superhero? Yes. Mm, all for it. So, I really enjoyed my days off. <laughs> I, it was great. I could just sit back. I could spend the whole week reading uh, lovely comics, especially after the, the weekend we just had where something happened. Something really nice that... Um, yeah, he's a little bit aged now, but shh. So, Josh. Josh. Yes. You got a little thing for us, haven't you? Oh, I do. Mm. Yes, I've taken the reins again this week and uh, played around with the theme. There's quite a lot of generators for this, it turns out. Um, hmm. But I think I've figured out on the one that I like the most. Okay. You, you've plucked the best from the best. I think so. And okay. what I've gone for this week, I was very interested in, you know, when it comes to paint. Yes. Yes. They always have those silly names. Oh, no. Here we go. And I was thinking, I wonder if we could turn any of these into superheroes. <laughs> have you got, like, just a duplex book in front of you when you're just going to, like, <laughs> close your eyes and point? Because I'd That'd be down be for that. I literally just throw darts at various words in the dictionary, and that's pretty much... <laughs> The duplex way. No, I found ourselves... Well, not to go into too much of the technical stuff, I found a few which have kind of brought up interesting names, um, but it's very mishmashy. So, okay. what I've found is a nice little one uh, called just the Colour Name Generator. Colour Name Generator? Yep. And what it does is that it brings us up ten random colours. Colour names. Hmm. Are these, like, actual colours, then? I hope so in some cases, but I hope not in others. <laughs> Either way, Jade's got to use these colours in a drawing for the uh, the hero. Yeah, it's going to be that... good. <laughs> oh, oh <that's> God. <laughs> so, I found ten. Pick me mm -hmm. out a number. Uh, six. Okay, let's have a look. One, two, four, five, six. Hmm. Okay. I think oh. I can work with this. Can we? Can we? Let's, let's find out. Okay, guys. Let's make a hero out of Bleached Ruby. Bleached Ruby. Okay. Nice. This is Ruby. a nice little tight name. Mm. Well, see, the word bleach, of course, like a lot of people are going to think about like cleaners and stuff like that. Mm. Oh, certain, certain long running manga series. <laughs> but we won't get into bleach um, for, for the good of mankind. I mean, both of those just make me think of the color white. True. But like for me, like there's a certain danger with bleach as well. Like it's a, a potent like chemical concoction it erodes things it burns like people and flesh and stuff it's 
It's a nasty thing. Like bleach, bleach is a, like a, a negative word for for Dean. Don't know about you guys. So you th- are you immediately thinking something corrosive? Yeah, possibly. Like it doesn't necessarily. We, we don't have to go down the villain route. Mm. No, I didn't I say that. Think. I just said corrosive. May- could but could then, be a power like- set of some kind. Mm. Yeah, but then like the ruby, of course. Jade, what are your thoughts when you hear the word ruby? Um, the stone. Go, go on. Um, <laughs> well, I guess like ruby is kind of up there with a lot of the, I guess like really elegant stones, you know, the, the yeah. high tier expensive ones like emerald and diamond. Yeah. So, so there's like some, some elegance, some glamour. But also the- like there's something I quite like about sort of gemstones that you like clean cut ones. There's just something really satisfying about the way kind of light plays through them. Hmm. Like those facets. Yeah, so maybe you could do something with that. What about, see, would a would some sort of thief be too on the nose? Because we're talking about gems. And I know, like, what do you do with gems? Actually, wait, no, good question. I'm going to get um, completely, uh going to have to think of a word that doesn't conjure a sidetrack. I'm going to go, go out of left field for Who? a little bit. No, no one. So, yeah, we sh- no dogs, no dogs allowed. Um, I've forgotten what the fuck I was going to say because I was so Great. worried about sidetrack. Let me, <laughs> let me sidetrack this back to the main episode. So, I I had a thought. Yeah. Wouldn't a bleach, if, if, a, if you could bleach a ruby, hmm. and I'm talking about the stone here, would it not become like glass or like a diamond if you kind of bleached all the pigment out of it perhaps or i don't know really sure. you could probably tell i don't know much about how, <laughs> how the color of gemstones works but you're just pouring like various solvents on rings and necklaces and just annoying all the jewelers out there just, yeah. just add it to the list with like eyebrow threading and what other kinds of hobbies that any of our heroes might have yeah I don't know much. Stone and Muller, we didn't even know what the fuck that was. What's <laughs> but you know what I mean? Waffle? Maybe you could do something with that, like maybe that's the character's tragic backstory is that like the the bleached part is something that wasn't it's not a power, maybe it's something that happened to them. Hmm. Okay. And they're trying to get something back. Let, let, let me let me throw this nug in there. Go on. Go on. What if bleached Ruby is potentially I don't want to say second name, because obviously that thinks of surname, but Bleaching could be said to like wipe clean something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe I'm kind of thinking down the route of someone who used to be a villain, potentially named Ruby, and has now kind of faced their new kind of path and kind of given themselves mm. a clean slate. I like almost, that. Almost like bleaching their uh, reputation like, or something. See, I like this. Bleach is like a very strong cleaner, though. So maybe like there was a, a real abrupt change or something like drastic happened to them i know what happened to them what <laughs> they fought our um famous duo of architects stone <gasps> and muller Ooh. oh shit are we crossing over are we crossing Ooh. over maybe if they were reformed from a villain into a good person oh me like but it. maybe they they don't know how it worked like they don't remember being reformed i'm sure it's a very traumatic process to be crushed by two dudes it must be just to give uh, some quick spark notes to people who may have not listened to episode two tool name and last name uh stone and muller are a pair of brothers who are based around the stone and muller a dye creation tool that grinds various uh, ingredients into dye and we use that as inspiration to create a pair of brothers who crush villains between themselves betwixt their bodies and reform them into a new form and shit, I, I like this. this is, I think this is our first crossover. So Ruby wakes up a reformed person, a good person, and they don't remember what happened, but they know that they were, you know, this bad, this red Ruby, oh. and they're now this pure Ruby. Of course, of course, they're gonna. she's going to change color a little bit because fucking Sterling Muller, it's all about dyes. Mm-hmm. Ah. So she comes out a little bit paler, but also a little bit wiser. Good. Okay. So we need to establish what gender are we we thinking? Because I guess it's easy to say like a woman because of Ruby, Ruby being the name. Hmm. I was going to say non-binary. That'd be cool. Hmm. 
We can do that as well. It's been a while. It, it has been a while. <laughs> so they, what, how, let's, let's discover their past a little bit. What happened to them to become a villain? What, who, who is Bleach Ruby? Hmm. My original idea was going to be a villain who could change into like, Literally, like, liquids or something to get under ah. various security systems. Well, Dean, it's funny you should say, because I just thought, you know, as we're back with Stone and Muller, it's best that we start doing some research again. Much <laughs> like we did for our boys Stone and Muller Faraday, um, I've just been looking up some little just bits and pieces about uh, rubies. Yeah. Mainly that they're pink to blood red. Now, I say blood, because obviously you have just mentioned liquid. Oh, so she has some sort of blood power. Maybe. So maybe she collected... Uh, sorry, they. Why Why did we revert to saying she? Um, mm. oh, maybe they collected blood in... Like, maybe a part of their body is a ruby? Oh, okay. So they collect blood and form it into a ruby? And it becomes like a really dark ruby. Oh, okay, right. She collects blood. They, they, God. What? Oh, sorry. They collect blood uh, into rubies that they, that can form on... The surface of their skin, but then yeah, they can okay, yeah. they can use that both offensively and defensively because rubies are actually quite tough. Mm. Uh, they could use them for knuckle dusters, perhaps, or like toe caps. They could form like shields with it. But the blood has to come from somewhere, whether it's her own blood, which she, I their can't. own blood. De- okay, let's pause here, Dean. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm not meaning pause the episode. We're pausing so that listeners can hear us talk Ooh. this out. Dean. Oh, no. Yes. This person is non-binary and they've chosen the pronoun they. Say it with me. They. Oh, I apologize. Good job. Let's carry I'm, on. I'm just, I'm thinking fast. Mm-hmm. It's not really an excuse, but I'm... Let me, let me add, um, I had an idea for another power, maybe. Mm, go oh. ahead. Throw it out. It was, just, it was just a very quick idea, but I was thinking like about the term rose-tinted glasses. Maybe, like, ruby-tinted glasses could be some form of, like, possession or, like, hmm. manipulation of people that ruby uses to... Well... <gasps> Wait! <gasps> no, oh, let's oh, combine. Oh, he's gasping. <laughs> you can't um, interrupt the gasp. Go, can, go. Can we kind of use this as, like, if we do have this power, we can use it as a formula. These series will take place, obviously, in the present as they are bleached ruby. But we will look back at her past, at their past, through rose-tinted glasses. Yes. But that would mean that they, they're looking back, like, lovingly on their villainous past. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's not literal rose-tinted glasses, it's ruby-tinted glasses. Oh, blood ruby-tinted glasses. Yes. And the twist is, in their reformed version as bleached ruby, their power is a bit weaker because obviously the glasses are less pigmented. And they finally see themselves for who they really were. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, so maybe we should talk about them more as a person because we've, we've kind of covered powers a little bit. So they can create yeah. hardened body armor using people's blood, which they yeah. somehow siphon, I guess. Which takes the uh, visual form of like ruby, like yes. the gemstone. And they can create ruby lenses over people's eyes and their own eyes, I guess. Hmm. To what? Almost like kaleidoscopic. Yeah. I was going to say, it. like, we can go with this sort of red ruby theme, like red kind of connotates anger. So maybe they just kind of cause aggression in people, which would which would cause fights, which would cause blood loss. Oh. Oh. Like a vicious circle. Nice. Yeah. So in their bleached ruby form, I guess they can't do this as effectively? Like, what's the effect of them being reformed on their powers? I think, hmm. I think one thing <clears throat> that would be weaker would... Maybe they would have to get a, a different source for their ruby power because they can't use blood anymore because their makeup has changed. Hmm. And that's not only displayed via the color of their power, but also by the method that they use to create them as well, which is going to confuse them for a good long while. Like, why why is my body acting like it did before? Where's my power, basically? But then yeah. they have to figure out how to reform these rubies again from scratch. Maybe? <laughs> yeah, maybe they have to figure out a new source. Hmm. 
Is it is it going to be a bit like vampires? <laughs> you know, you know, kid friendly vampires where they're like, no, no, we don't drink human blood. We drink tomato juice and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, bleach Ruby. Okay, let's get this out of the way. They can't drink bleach. They can't do that. That's no. that's a bad. That's, yeah, rule that kids. out immediately because some kid will read that and be like, "Cool, I'll drink bleach." Glug, no, glug. don't drink the bleach. Has anyone seen Metalocalypse? It's a terrible reference. God damn it! <laughs> but where do they get the power? Maybe sweat. Maybe because mm. that's like a little Clara. I'm I mean, trying that- to think of something that's pinkish. Oh, me- blood. Sweat and tears, right? Little trio. Mm, is that a thing? Can they maybe use um, the ruby tinted glasses? <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> I wanted to say just kind of like incite nostalgia and then use tears. Ooh, I like. Yeah. See? So like they can't cause aggression anymore. So they're like, okay, what what can I do? And the glasses cause. Yeah, nostalgia sounds like a good idea. Mm. Okay. Because as we all know, that is the strongest force of nature, is the power of nostalgia. No, not just force of nature, force of the universe, nostalgia. <laughs> but this could be good, actually, as humans can't really cry as much. It would mean that Bleach Ruby would have to be much more creative with their power in order mm. to use it effectively What with what little tears they can garner from people. <gasps> Oh, they could even try and use it to uh, reform villains. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. We got this now. It took a little while. <gasps> I just thought of a good conflict. Give I did that, that thing conflict, again where Jade. I sang when I had a good idea. Sorry, it's just what <laughs> we, we, we all have our little vocal tics when it comes to ideas. We have, <laughs> we have gasps. We have singing. I just kind of blurt it out thoughtlessly. It's great. Oh, let me get it out before I forget it. Go ahead. Go. So... If they've been reformed by Stone and Muller, I feel like they have to be good because that's the point of Stone and Muller's power. However, perhaps they feel like Stone and Muller shouldn't have the choice to do that to other people. Oh. So their quest is to reform Stone and Muller for the greater good? Oh, whoa. Whoa, I think Jade. We can, we can kind of play off on that in that. Because obviously the way that Stone and Muller reform is quite violent, really. Exactly. But Whilst their bodies. Obviously, Bleach Ruby, they are going to be more... It's, well, it is emotional. It is that yes. kind of yeah. physical and emotional thing. Yeah, it's inside out where Stone and Muller is very much outside in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I like this. Because this, this could be a really interesting conflict. Because then in the sort of world-building aspect, you've got the other heroes of this world that are supporting Stone and Muller, and then you've got this new hero, Bleached Ruby, who's trying to insist, no, no one should have that choice, but I'm going to do it this one time to make them see the light. Well, see, we could flaw... <laughs> we could put a flaw in this gemstone here, where Bleach Ruby, they believe that because they go from the emotional side of things, that they're convincing uh, criminals almost almost mentally it's a very very gentle form of manipulation almost like maybe therapy maybe because it doesn't always have to work yeah Yeah. i was gonna say maybe their power doesn't always reform people but maybe it shows them who they really are whereas Mm. stone and muller force people to be good even if that's not inherently who they are yeah that's the thing that's what i was gonna say like Mm. maybe they can be on their high horse a little bit because they because they do the emotional side of things, they believe that they're doing it in a better way than Stone and Muller, who are mm-hmm. very much forcing people. I think we've been a bit influenced by, we've been re-watching Death Note, and it's very funny watching a guy kill lots of you know criminals and be like, I'm going to rid the world of criminals. Dude, you're a criminal. No, 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 I'm not a criminal. <laughs> well, with Bleach Ruby, to my mind, it's not about them being right or wrong. It's just them believing that they're doing the right thing. In the right way as well, mm. which is the hook for me. That's that's what is exciting to me a little bit. That and just the the idea of these fights done not with giant formations of gemstones, but like almost like tiny like trickles almost of these bleach rubies across their body, being able to like 
I don't know, maybe reinforce the, the bottom of your hand and your pinky in order to deliver a really cool karate chop. Well, it's a bit like covering your hand in Lego and slapping someone. It's still going to fucking hurt. <laughs> the fucking nuclear grade There's a hero right there. there. <laughs> Look forward to next week where we, we generate a hero based on a place where Lego hurts plus a Lego block. I'm sorry, place where Lego hurts. You mean the real world? <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> Bleach Ruby. We've found a home for them. We mm-hmm. found a word for them. Who were they? Yeah, that's a good point. We've done their hero origin. Now let's do their villain origin. Yeah, let's establish... I like the idea you originally had, which was them being a thief, but I think it would be particularly ironic if they were a gem thief and every time they kind of went to steal gems, they'd be they'd find the rubies and they'd be like, oh, not these. Oh, Just another Everything one. else, but not the rubies. <laughs> we don't need these. I, don't, I only... I only went for thief because that's literally the only thing you can do with gemstones. You can steal them and you can sell them. Like, what What else is there? It'd be a really interesting thing if their kind of calling card was that they steal everything from a museum except just for the... rubies. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay. Maybe one time they steal, like, something like the crown jewels, but they pluck out all the rubies from them <laughs> and just leave them behind. Another angle... Okay, mm-hmm. we, we've got that. I'm going to float something else out. What if there were some sort of medical thief? So they stole from various hospitals and um, experimental labs or for various formulas. And dr- yes. Not only <laughs> would you have blood in there, but also various experimental vaccinations or um, uh, surgical equipment that can be sold on the black market that... These things have worth out there, even going so far as to steal organs. Not out of people, but like, you know, when they're carrying them in the boxes. Yeah. Let's yeah. not get morbid here. Mm. But they could fund it. They can fund these very dangerous esc- uh, escapades by stealing a few blood, uh, blood pouches and then selling the, the rubies that they create from that. Can I quickly throw this in? Go on. We can add in a really cool kind of reflective thing. Ruby is effectively stealing bodies. Which like, full on bodies. If, if they're taking, like, organs and blood, they're effectively stealing bodies and lives. Could you say that? Oh, you mean, like, the repercussions they are? Yeah, ste- that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and I suppose mm. literally in terms of organs. Could you yes. also say that Stone and Muller are stealing people's bodies and lives? Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's good. Could, I like could, how this has this become be Stone and Muller Ep 2. Yeah. No, it's. I mean, it's obviously, not. they are still heroes in our eyes, but uh, I think, especially with this kind of Reformation villain coming back, there's a lot we can kind of play with in terms of ethics. Yeah. Hey guys, I've got a joke. Cool. Isn't it funny how Stone and Muller are architects, and we're currently deconstructing their characters? <laughs> hey. Hey. They're possibly bad guys. So, blood. Ru- are we? I don't are we think they're get- bad guys. I just throw that out there. They're just very full on with what they do and what they do is quite violent are we going to go with the medical uh thief uh origin story why not both thieves aren't picky yeah i guess so because one's a means to one end and the other's a means to another well the only reason i say medical is because they can create gems off the fly maybe it starts with kind of normal thievery and then then it progresses yeah oh no this is an interesting point Maybe that's how they discovered their powers. They were stealing gems. But then they realized they could make gems. Yeah, so like, like they didn't have powers back when they were starting out as a thief. And then they yeah. were desperate and like one of their thief friends of the th- secret thief network, because I know how thievery works. <laughs> the Thieves Guild. Uh, yeah, in the Thieves Guild, someone's posted up a job on the quest board. That's how thievery works, <laughs> right? Um, also, you got to so, say it properly. Sorry. Thieves Guild. Oh, I'm sorry. The Thieves Guild. The um, Guild of Thieves. <laughs> the Thieves Guild. Anyway, in the Thieves Guild, on the job board. In, in the where, sorry? In, in the Thieves Guild, on the oh, sorry, job yeah, what, board, with the I I quests. <laughs> I really like Beautiful. the idea of this really like modern city, and then you just go down, down a certain street, and it's just medieval, high fantasy, <laughs> yeah. job boards. <laughs> Thieves all wearing like little tattered <laughs> cloaks. Yeah, just like actual guards in like fucking plate armor outside as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Stone and Muller absolutely hate it. <laughs> of course, yes, yeah, Stone and Muller would hate it because they use all like medieval like aesthetics. Such a <laughs> such a such a gimmick district. <laughs> yeah, little medieval town. <laughs> Obviously, they're all about always about pushing forward with like new architecture, and they just see this horrible little castle district, <laughs> the constant like, Renaissance fair. Fucking Muller, oh, like boy. flicking down his glasses, like. Those aren't battlements, are they? They, they can't be battlements. <laughs> anyway, anyway back, yeah, back to the Thieves Guild and the job board. I'm not going to say it again. Et cetera, et cetera. They see a job for, or hear about a job, because that's probably less stupid. Um, hear about the opportunity to join a couple of other people and steal from a hospital. And that's where maybe they're stealing blood bags, but, you know, one splits open and they get access to this blood and they absorb it and they suddenly have ruby armor and fuck, they mm. have powers. Whoa, what the hell? Maybe, like, I imagine as a kid they get cut and then their scabs are very bright and, not big, but they're bright and colorful, but they just treat that as normal. But yeah, of course, it's like a hint early on that they've got powers. Like okay. you, you put you put your hand in blood there and like it all crystallizes and you're like what it's freaky. Could, could we say something like the reason that they go for the hospital job is because they're becoming like almost disengaged with the idea of just constantly stealing gemstones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh yeah. And it isn't until they get into like a fight with a security guard and they like cut his cheek and they just see these kind of almost ruby esque dribbles of blood and they think, whoa, this is like the real kind of jewel. Yeah. I've never felt so alive, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, this is the real heist. Because that comes back to the other power that they have. They like causing aggression. Mm. Yes. Of course, like, they would never go for full frontal conflict and combat until they get put in a situation where that occurs. Of course, yeah. on a team job, you can't fully control what your other teammates are going to do. Maybe one of them trips up. Now you have to fight a few security guards. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've trained for this. Then the powers happen. I like it. Yeah, this this uh this came together, didn't it? So mm. that brings us to we've we've got the idea of what bleached Ruby's motivation is. Mm. We we know what they're going to do, sort of pseudo hero wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're a bit like an anti hero, really. Yeah, right? yeah, like a, a gray hero almost. Yeah, yeah. So which they would be operating like... in a gray area, but go on. Well, they they would be because not only. Like, they've been forced into that situation. Yeah, yeah. Stone and Muller, they've just... you changed now. Like, that that must mess up a, a person mm-hmm. mentally. Having a short time to change and not being able to go over and decompress from all that. Yeah, like, forcing someone to be what they're not is not cool. It's pretty not cool. I imagine they would have to go on a bit of a, a journey of discovery. Oh, yes. That's, that's what I was going to say. Yes. Um, so they sustained themselves as a villain by obviously stealing and selling on black market, I suppose. Hmm. What what do they do now that they've been reformed? Because they can't steal. Like, physically, they must... Somewhere in their core being, they've been rewritten, reprogrammed. So hmm. they're kind of repulsed by the idea of stealing. So what do they do to sustain themselves, I guess, in their alter ego? Hmm. Therapist. See, therapist. Oh, that's well, very good. I mean, it's a very quick exploit for their power. Yeah. Maybe they're like a prison therapist as well. That would be interesting because they'd come across some of their old buddies. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be quite good foil as well. Yeah. They'd want to find someone familiar after coming out of the state and being confused, not quite recognizing their own body and being all like, well, I just need something to be grounded. Whereas, give me another color, Josh. Oh, do you know what? It's funny you should say. I have a couple of really uh, quite good ones. Do you want to go for a number or do you want me to just throw you some? Uh, let's uh, go for number three. Sweet Lemon. Oh, <laughs> that's a gangster name if I've ever fucking heard one. <laughs> so they come out of this um, this stone and muller state. They're all confused. Maybe it's like a few days afterwards they realize their newfound powers but they're still just out there and they've not got any idea about what to do next. So they go to they go to someone who they've relied on in the past. Where's Sweet Lemon? <laughs> That's such a good name. Of course, Sweet Lemon got put away in the same raid that Blood Ruby got. Do you know why they were put away? Go on. Because they refused to uh, give up anyone else because they had really tight lips, almost like they were sucking a <laughs> sucking lemon. Sucking a lemon? 
That's very good. Very good. Mm. Just pursed lips all the time. Yeah. I'm not totally nothing. <laughs> I, I, I won't lie. Johnny Johnny Tight Lips was a firm inspiration for that. It's okay. We can we can toss in a uh, a shout out to Matt Groening and the Hull Simpsons crew. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Um, but yes, so they go into prison. Ruby finds Lemon, and they have this conversation. Like, oh, you, hold on, I, sorry. I went down for you, Ruby. What the what the fuck you doing? I was going to say, could it be that um, the reason they get Sweet Lemon as a patient is because they've had no luck getting anything out of Sweet Lemon at all because he's got such pursed lips. <laughs> and oh Sweet, Sweet Lemon is the per- first, um, sorry, Bleached Ruby is the first counsellor that Sweet Lemon really opens up to. Yeah. Well, they're not even a counsellor. They just visit Sweet Lemon and Lemon um, is initially tight as at first but then mm. ruby's powers kick in and he start starts talking starts crying starts oh, gushing and maybe the prison warden is like you're you're really good at this you know we we yeah. need a therapist <laughs> yeah we, we got a few more in back that you could uh you like ruby's like i don't have any qualifications and they're like shh, shh, shh it's fine it's fine <laughs> who here has fucking qualifications <laughs> Like a bunch of the prisoners just stick their hands up, and no one on the prison for staff holds their hand up. It's just a very good gag. <laughs> that's how they find their some sort of footing in life, and maybe that's good for them for like a few, like a few months or something, until maybe they get more visits from criminals who have been quote unquote reformed by Stern and Muller, mm. and they're in a similar state to what they were when they got out, like confused and not put together 100% right. And so the vendetta begins. Oh, and it culminates. Are you you thinking what I'm thinking, Josh? Maybe. Culminates with a breakout? I wasn't thinking that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like some more colours for this breakout team? Yes, please. Can I pick a colour? You can pick a number. Okay, um, um, seven. Airy Azure. Oh, that would have been a very different episode. Yeah, there are two of these that you haven't picked out the number yet. So I'm just going to throw them in there because I Go feel on. as though they really need to be worked. Crazy Grey. Oh, Crazy Grey. And Classic Khaki. <laughs> so okay. so you got you got like a 40s gangster, like an anthill mob type. And then you've got an old like veteran or something turned criminal. Mm. Yeah, so I just wanted to throw those out there because those are too good to miss. Mm. Again, so with this wh- breakout, uh, mm. sorry Dean to take you off your point i was just going to mention the 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 different branching timelines that this episode could have had oh go on oh i'm just thinking like crazy gray who who were they who were um oh yeah azure oh yes okay Okay. lightning quick round then who was crazy gray crazy gray was a um a painter who became colorblind and turned to crime in order to uh take out their frustration on the world i feel your pain crazy gray i feel your pain (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Josh, give me classic khaki. I think that could actually be your white collar criminal, just decked out in like triple khaki. Oh my god, is that possible? Maybe they <laughs> were with like the army as a tech dude, and mm. they kind of ran away, and maybe that's why they're in prison. Maybe they invented the khaki net to rival the dark net. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they break out of jail. Yes, naturally. Yes. So I thought maybe. With your idea of like all these prisoners keep coming in, not quite one hundred percent reformed. Like they're very good, but there's something a bit off, and they've all faced Stone and Muller, and mm. Bleached Ruby is trying to put things right with their nostalgia power, and mm. you know, get them to kind of but, be who they're supposed to be. But the nostalgia power isn't fully effective because they've been reconfigured, exactly. so it doesn't quite the tracks aren't lined up in their mind. Right, tracks. so. Which Ruby hatches a plan. They're like, the only way I can fix these people is by fixing Stone and Muller. And I'm going to need help yes. to trap Stone and Muller because my powers, my physical powers are weaker now. Yes. And so they oh have to God. bust out these prisoners. But, but I have a further, further twist. Go on. And this, mm, this might not work because it's got a bit of a plot hole. So let me tell you it and then we'll see if we can solve it Mm -hmm. when the breakout happens and stuff initially they kind of capture stone and muller in this big fight and stuff but maybe stone and muller are just too strong okay and so 
bleached ruby has to absorb these prisoners' blood like they used to. And so How? maybe, yeah, the, the plot hole is that these prisoners and Ruby have been turned good. So how would they mm. break out of this goodness in order to hatch this plan? Well, anyone can do anything and they justify it to themselves. Oh, I suppose so. You're, you're, yeah, are, good, you're a choose-to-be type thing. Well, good is a matter of perspective. Not to get real dark on No, on that's y'all. true. That's very true, yeah. In my mind, it's the Jedi who are evil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to destroy the Jedi. Now, that's dating the episode. Um... <laughs> But I kind of like this. The only thing that's that we need to have impact or to slash explain is Ruby rediscovering their blood powers. Yeah. Which, unless I'm not sure if I want her to. Them. No. Them. I Wait, kind yeah, of you want both her just said to. Her. Sorry. <laughs> I kind of don't want them to. No, I I agree. That sort of um takes it away. Like takes the victory away from their ingenuity and their mm. their wits. Can they know. try and take Stone and Muller back into their own mind and kind of get them to look at what they do enjoy? Because obviously it's got to a point now where Stone and Muller are probably just reforming criminals all over the place. Yeah. Maybe Bleached Ruby could get them to think about when they first started doing like architecture and how much care and time they put into it. Oh, yeah. Hmm. And okay. kind of getting them to realise that what they're doing now is almost mindless. And it's just as bad as that medieval district. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Um, we need another angle to it, though, to make it an even story. Because so far, we've not really touched on the fact that um, Blood Ruby themselves are being a little bit dickish in manipulating... Uh, these prisoners and the fact that they themselves have manipulative powers as well that that needs to be called up and called out as well hmm. like well you can have a go at us for turning people to dust, into dust and reforming them into a better a better quote-unquote person but you are literally getting into the minds of people and altering them like we are on the same team blood uh bleached Bleach Ruby? Yeah. We're on the same team, Bleach Ruby. You have to understand that. Maybe they some form some sort of pact that they help one another out or something. Oh, Do I you... don't know if they'd ever get on. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, they need to be finger-wagged as well. Absolutely. So how do we resolve this? I don't think, like, everybody just gets on is no, a no, good no, ending. No. There needs to be some repercussions, I guess. Hmm. Maybe there's some sort of um, repercussion or like whiplash to Bleach Ruby's powers as well. Maybe like the the nost- nostalgia vision is also having a detrimental effect to their patient's mental yeah. health. Possibly, maybe, or or, or oh. that sh- uh, that they push them with the nostalgia vision too far, and now they're permanently stuck in the past. Oh, I like that. So mm. imagine like they're trying to organize this uh, prison breakout in order to uh, draw in Stone and Muller. But in order to do that, even with the Nostalgia Vision healing the uh, prisoners, maybe they push them backwards in time to a point where they're nostalgic about crime and about... Yeah, yeah. I was um, going to say this could combine with something else. Go on. Maybe this is how we resolve the plot hole. This could be the story that reveals Stone and Muller's power has it isn't permanent. It it wears off. Oh. Are we are we talking like a Magneto moves a chess piece? Yes. At the, at the end of X Men One. Yes, but see the thing is, I think it would culminate with Ruby doing this whole nostalgia thing to them because you know they have quite a past as well. They have the whole fight that they had as brothers. Oh yeah, at a very young age. Yeah, remember um, one of them had powers and the other one didn't, and they were very jealous. And Yes, some more Dean notes here from Dean. Uh, <laughs> at a very young age, only one of the brothers had creation and destruction powers, but due to a bone marrow transplant, that power was shared between <gasps> the two brothers. Transplant? Transplant. Oh, oh, no, sorry. For some reason, I suddenly had a moment of like, wait, hospitals, stealing things. Wait, hold on, Stone and Miller were going to be really young at this point, never mind. Yeah. 
But maybe, yeah, maybe Ruby's like an older hero then, perhaps. Oh, I like Ruby young, though. Oh, okay, okay, that's fine. I, 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 I like Ruby Yeah, fair being... enough. We could have just had like a cool, oh, they were in the same hospital once flashback. Oh. <laughs> that's oh, fine, not, we'll leave that. Let's not get to uh, Superman 3. Yeah, not, let's not. Uh, let's Spider-Man not 3 that. about it. All right. Oh, God, yeah, let's not. <laughs> we all like our um, contrived coincidences, but, you know, there's something... That could be said for a nice, simple story. But yeah, so coming back to Stone and Miller's dark past, um, not not dark, but you know what I mean, Ruby forces them to kind of relive that jealous f- kind of spark that they had. And when they, you know, they, they'll have like a mind battle and they have to fight Ruby off. Hmm. But then they're confused because they're like, wait, how are you doing this? You're, we turned you good. You can't do these things. <sighs> Physically, you cannot do these things. And Ruby kind of, looks at their hands and the entire time they've kind of, you know, been siphoning blood from these prisoners that they've pushed into a nostalgic haze that they'll never wake up from. They've forced their rivals to their knees in a nostalgic mind battle and their arms are suddenly covered in ruby armor again. Ooh. Guys, it's literally in their blood. There it is. Beautiful! We did it. (laughs) What? That is that is neat because again, it's one of those scenes that does multiple things. Shows that Stone and Miller's powers are not permanent, and that has unfortunately led to Blood Ruby returning. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so I think the repercussion at the end of this would perhaps be that Blood Ruby escapes and becomes, you know, this infamous villain again who just keeps stealing shit and leaving only the rubies behind, <laughs> which is fine. I think that's a happy ending for Blood Ruby. But also for Stone and Muller, I think what would be great is if they'd actually be a bit kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, like abashed? Remorseful? Rem- remorseful, sort of. Um, Reflective. Reflective, yeah. So like they have to, like you said, like with their building designs, they have to put more thought into how they reform these villains. And Hmm. so, yes, they continue to use their powers, but they know that they can't force people to change and be something they're not. So maybe they, with their very successful architecture firm, they set up like um, like a fund for like mental health care and yeah, like in prisons and things like that. Yeah, like maybe they donate their services to create a, a mental health uh, hospital or some sort of psychiatric ward of a prison or something like that. Yeah. And going back to the newly formed Blood Ruby, maybe now that they've had a little bit more experience as Bleach Ruby, they are not the pure villain that they once was, but they have yeah. a little bit more a little bit more of a balance in their psyche and that they have a wider view of the world. Hmm. I think that'll do it, won't it? Mm. That was a a weaver, as we say in the business, a, a right old weaver. Man, I'm I'm kind of happy. Like it it was a tough it was a tough old thing, like just to nail down those powers in the past and whatnot. But proud of you guys. I'm proud of you guys. I I really like how we've incorporated one of our early heroes as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm and, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, and um to everyone out there, I think we pretty much covered. The majority of uh, Stone and Muller, but hey, if you want a, a little bit more Stone and Muller, it's uh, episode two. You should check it out. It's an early one, but it's a good one. I did a really great illustration for that one too. You mm. did. You it's the only one, one with a villain. That's true. Well, not for long, because this one will have a villain. <laughs> <laughs> and a they, they are the villain. Oh my god. What? So I'm, I'm just going to throw down a quick one sentence recap, because I think that's all we need. Um, So, Bleach Ruby was previously Blood Ruby, a villain running around in Stone and Muller's uh, neck of the woods. Uh, they used to be a uh, a thief of jewelry, but after hearing uh, a new job on the Thieves Guild, started stealing uh, medical supplies and technology where they discover their ruby-based powers, that they can turn their blood and the blood of others into ruby growths and fragments on their skin. And they get reconfigured, shall we say, by Stone and Muller one day and become Bleached Ruby, who instead use tears instead of blood to create uh, gems on their skin. But they also, instead of having the aggressive blood vision, they have nostalgia vision, which causes uh, a deep sense of sort of longing and sadness in a lot of 
uh, people because that's what nostalgia does, really. Can I interrupt? Uh, what? I wanted to add one thing that we forgot completely to cover. Oh, what? Um, well, you mentioned that Bleach Ruby uses nostalgic tears to create, you know, these sort of weaker, pale rubies, right? Well, they're not weaker. They're just smaller, a lot smaller. Well, yeah. So my point being, like, we, we didn't really explain why Bleached Ruby would do that. So for me, I would envision it as every time they help someone, they get like a, just this tiny little ruby and maybe they just kind of add it to a piece of jewelry on their person, like Aww. a earring here and there, a necklace, a, a bracelet. See, Bleach Ruby would help people. because it's like a sense of accomplishment the more jewelry they have. <laughs> yeah. They become a prison psychiatric doctor after helping out one of their old criminal friends, but that leads to a lot of danger in their future, which you should rewind about uh, 10 minutes and check it out. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for listening. And you know what? I never say this on air, so thank you, Jade and Josh, for creating oh. a superhero with me. It's a lot of fun. Oh, it was fun. It is. And I, I just want to make sure everyone hears that and also appreciates the great things that you do. And to a lesser extent me, but I'm not going to be all big-headed about it. It's true. You, you didn't come up with this week's prompt, so... Yeah. <laughs> you, you've had another vacation like two weeks after your last vacation. I'm, I'm really running things now. I'm really the boss. <laughs> and my first act as boss is to tell all you uh, very kind listeners that you can help us out by giving us an iTunes review, and if you do that, we'll help you out by making you into a superhero. Holy crap, what a deal. So just leave us an iTunes review, and the name that you give us, we'll use that to create a, a big old superhero. So there's reviews. You can just leave us a star rating. That always helps. Also, of course, there's word of mouth, both literally and virtually. If you want to tell your uh, comics-loving friends, your character-building friends, your artist friends who might need something to listen to while they draw about us that'll be so appreciated and if you can give us like a little share on your various social medias as well we are at bbr underscore podcast check us out on there maybe give us a, a little retweet every now and again and on there as well we do post not only our comic recommendations every wednesday to give you eyes on with these beautiful beautiful pieces but also on friday jade she does a little illustration of every one of our heroes that we make. I sure do. And they're very colorful and they're very gorgeously made as well. So you should check those out. And again, give it, hit that old retweet because they deserve it. I, th- I think that's everything. Did I miss, any- miss anything? No, no, you've done everything you know norm- that I normally do in the credits. So I have no idea what I'm going to say <laughs> now. You, well, you can just um, you can just recite one of your. Favorite lines from your favorite songs? I don't know. You can remind people to submit Frogmoth fan art, but uh-huh, then again, yeah. I just did, so now you really have that. <laughs> now you can't say that. Or maybe what you can tell it? people about your favorite pet sidetrack. Oh, oh I just oh. said that as well, so you can't. Well, I can always do that again. I have I have no qualms with reminding anyone about sidetrack. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll make a, another superhero in the Holly Deadline universe, and we can have an actual good reason to bring back sidetrack. Hashtag bring back sidetrack. I'm going to stop things right there and say that you have been bitten by a radioactive podcast. I am Dean McKnight. I'm Sidetrack. And I am also Sidetrack. <laughs> I hate you woof. both. Woof woof. Buck. Goodbye, everybody. Help me. Ooh, blimey. Uh, well... After a uh, after getting me to do the prompt, now I'm getting made to do the credits. Well, uh, what a busy episode has been for me. Bitten by Radioactive Podcast is hosted by Dean McKnight, Jade Sarson, and me, Josh Randall. It is edited by Dean and also Josh, who is me. And that is all for the credits. But don't forget that you can get on contact with us on Twitter, BBR underscore podcast. That's just for general contact. But you know what the best kind of contact is? When you leave us an iTunes review. Any review will do. We prefer the higher ones. But that will get you in with being a hero on the show, where we'll use your name in a prompt for an episode. The doy. But until then, we'll see you next week for another episode. Bitten by a Radioactive Podcast.